Viewer warning. The following program contains material that may be too intense for some viewers. Parental discretion is advised. Hey everybody, this is Brandon Ford and welcome to another TV edition of the Blind Rage Podcast. This week it is Tales from the Crypt, Lover Come Hack to Me, Season 1, Episode 5, starring Amanda Plummer. And I am using the DVD edition as per usual, but like always, if you want to watch along, you can find the episode on YouTube and a slew of other places. I'm pretty sure that this series is on Prime because every time I go to check IMDb for information about a particular episode, there's something that says watch it now on Amazon Prime, so I can only assume it's there. I never checked because I never had any reason to. Um... <clears throat> Gotta get the plugs out of the way. Um, please don't forget to check out my books in paperback and Kindle edition by going to Amazon.com or the Amazon app, typing in Brandon Ford. There you'll find my author page as well as a slew of my titles. You can also find my books in audio book format by going to the Audible app or Audible.com, typing in Brandon Ford. You'll find several of my titles there. And if you don't already, please don't forget to follow me on Instagram at writerbrandonford. <clears throat> Excuse me, I don't know what is wrong with my voice tonight. <clears throat> um, lastly, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, critiques, criticisms, suggestions, recommendations for episodes of Tales from the Crypt or any other show or any movies you'd like me to do, please feel free to email me directly at blindragepod81 at gmail.com. Okay, so we are going to get started now. I'm going to begin with a three count. So I hope you have your episode queued up if you're watching along. All right, here we go. Three, two, one, play. Pretty sure this was the first time I've ever seen Amanda Plummer in anything. She went on to have a pretty lucrative career. Starring in a lot of independent films. In this, in these opening, in these first episodes, you could tell that John Kassir was really trying to find the voice of the Crypt Keeper. He's trying to flesh out the character because he kind of fumfers and falters a bit, but you could always tell that it's um, the Crypt Keeper because of the laugh. The laugh really never changed, but the way he talked and the mannerisms and the way he pronounced certain words and the inflections on his voice is very different in the earlier episodes and in the later seasons he seems to have gotten a lot more comfortable with the character. Seems kind of like he was holding back initially. And there's going to be spoilers, you know, so I hope you've seen this one. 
Peggy for 20 years. I've been protecting Peggy for 20 years from people like you. I, okay. What doesn't make any sense to me is this opening scene here with Charles, um, Amanda's new husband and Aunt Edith and they're having their argument and Peggy is apparently independently wealthy because of a vast fortune that was willed to her by her mother and and Edith is accusing Charles of being a you know like a gold digger the only reason why he's marrying her is for her money and he doesn't love her and blah 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 um, and she keeps you know she's trying to say or she's very adamant the wedding was a mistake and that Charles is a con artist and he says that he's going to kick her out of the house and she gets very upset and but she knows she knows what's going to happen and I think the only thing that implies that is the little smile that she gives when they drive away but nevertheless, it was a completely unnecessary confrontation because she knows that Peggy's going to kill Charles. Um, oh, by the way, I meant to say that this episode is directed by Tom Holland of Fright Night and Child's Play, and among a lot of other movies and it was also written by Malcolm McDowell who wrote a lot of episodes of Tales from the Dark Side and he wrote one of the segments of Tales from the Dark Side the movie and he also wrote Beetlejuice and I think this is the only episode of Tales from the Crypt he actually wrote this this whole opening here is is very much cliche um, with you know the the couple on a deserted road and um, you know they need to find refuge for them from for the night from the rain and they come upon this huge abandoned house it's a story that's been told a million times. Um, as I mentioned during the episode, as I well, let me finish my thought. As I mentioned during the episode of. Um, the episode came the dawn with Brooke Shields and Perry King this is where you see first see the giant axe that they use again in came the dawn the same prop axe um, well you're supposed to carry the bride over the threshold to the house that you're moving into not some rundown old 
house that you're just spending the night in. And that is quite an antiquated tradition. I don't think anybody does that anymore. I don't even think anybody, you know, remembers that anymore. But what I was going to say was... Um... Amanda Plummer's character, Peggy, is supposed to be very dippy and mousy. And she's supposed to be somebody that, who you can, or the audience is, is led to believe can't, is incapable of anything violent. Um, and that's supposed to be the big twist at the end in the review it must have been very very difficult for amanda Plummer to play this character who's who's so reserved and quiet because amanda Plummer is an actress who is larger than life and spends a fair amount of time chewing up the scenery no matter what role she's playing i mean just look at freeway for god's sake and but a little bit of her acting style leaks. Oh, there's the axe. And it's right on the wall near the fireplace, just like in Came the Dawn. And as I was saying, yeah, there's, there, it comes out in little... It, there's there's little cracks in the, in the foundation of our character um, when uh, she finds the key, for example, and she says it unnecessarily loud. She says, "Look what I found!" And it's a very it's a very um, unnecessarily loud delivery. I mean, I know it's pouring rain and it's thundering and everything, but and she's and she's also supposed to be very timid and about sex and they had never had sex before and he's saying that we it's about time that we see each other naked. And um, you know, we find out later that she is saving herself for her wedding night, which is also quite the antiquated tradition unless you are one of those purity kids like in the movie teeth and are, are there even that many of them you um, that's yeah no that's not happening anymore Also, you know, you're supposed to, you're supposed to, there's a lot of hints or suggestions rather that she is, that, that, that is supposed to suggest her timid nature, that she's very meek and she is very inexperienced and shy and even when um, Charles gets undressed and she peeks at him and she sees him from behind and she puts her hand over her mouth and she kind of, you know, cowers against the wall because she's 
nervous and embarrassed and I guess that makes sense because you know um she has quite the undertaking to perform later that night But speaking of traditions, you know, it is tradition, apparently, in Peggy's family, a tradition that Aunt Edith is aware of, that the bride saves herself for the wedding night, and... They have sex. She has sex with the husband, the newlywed husband. And I guess you have to hope and pray that this one time actually takes because this one time is supposed to lead to preg to a pregnancy and it's also supposed to lead to the pre to the pregnancy of a baby girl. And I mean, you're you're expecting a lot, a lot here. They're really, they really are doing everything that they can to make it seem like Peggy is this shrinking violet, and that she's afraid of her own shadow, and that she's completely incapable of of anything nefarious. And you really aren't you really I think you're supposed to think that there's something outside of something maybe maybe something in the house maybe something supernatural that's going to that they're going that's going to uh, happen to them but What's with this clock ticking? Um, that's what clocks do. <laughs> if, if it wouldn't, if it didn't tick, it would be broken. Um, yeah, so I was saying, they are, they really do, and you don't know how far back this tradition goes, but we do know that it was Peggy's mother, and that's how Peggy was conceived. We don't know if the grandmother did this. And we don't know what Aunt Edith's story is because that's never explained. But like I said, both Peggy and Peggy's mother are putting a lot of, uh, are counting, are, are really counting their chicks before they hatch. By expecting to get pregnant this first go-round and to get pregnant with a boy a, a girl what if they get pregnant with a boy then then what happens this is perfect, isn't it? I don't I don't know yeah you you do find out that
because he's he's talking to himself and he's you know revealing his true motivations i don't know if he said it already but when she says she loves him he says and i love you and then to himself he says and your bank account um but yeah his his motivation is that he's going to shoot her with the gun that was in the glove compartment of the car that Peggy didn't know that she, that he brought in with him. And it's been a while since I've seen this episode. It sounds like I know it really well, and I guess I kind of do, but because I've seen a lot of these very well, uh, very many times, rather. But from what I remember, during the big reveal... Oh, that's what, that's what, that's the line. I would do anything for you too, and your bank account. But, um, when the big reveal comes, and, okay, I just have to say this. I think it's really kind of laughable that we're supposed to think that Amanda Plummer is in any way sexy. She's really... Uh, um, I, but as I was saying, um, so when, when uh, Peggy reveals that, re or she has the axe and she reveals that, um, she wants what her mother had, a perfect love, a perfect honeymoon, um, something that time will not spoil, um, and he says, you know, I've never loved you. I was going to kill you and blame it on a burglar. And he goes to get the gun. And from what I remember, <laughs> the gun is just sitting on the nightstand. And the bullets are standing up beside it in a row, like little soldiers. What? And they're having, or they're about to have some really wild, crazy sex in which wherein um, uh, Peggy screams so loud that she shatters the glass on the clock. I don't know. I'm just not comfortable with Amanda Plummer in a sex scene. I, I, I can't. I can't do it. Thankfully, they don't, they don't show anything, and a lot of it happens off screen. Oh, my God. Um, there's also a really, um, there's also a really, uh, yeah, cringy moment that happens during the dream that Charles has, a dream that we come to find is actually a flashback to Peggy's mother, but... When Peggy's mother is in the living room by the fire and she gets into some heavy petting with Peggy's father and um, they start to make out and, you know, they're undressing each other and they're getting ready to have sex on the couch in front of the fire, um, you can clearly hear Amanda Plummer, because she's playing both 
you know, Peggy and Peggy's mother. But you can clearly hear Amanda Plummer say, get it hard. Ugh. All right, yeah, that's a bit much. Unless there's witchcraft afoot here, yeah, you know. She's saying we made a child. I don't even think she's that big yet, cause she's like got it like the space of a pea between her thumb and forefinger. Yeah, I don't think so. There is a TV movie, actually, that I was going to do for Made for TV March called Praying Mantis with Jane Seymour and Barry Bostwick. And Jane Seymour plays a black widow who her motives are very very similar in that she murders her husbands on their wedding nights because she wants to preserve a perfect love um that as peggy says time will not spoil so she poisons all of her husbands um and then moves on to the next but she doesn't have you know anything other than having that that perfect love um perfect love in mind I can't believe we get two sex scenes with Amanda Plummer in one episode. Two sex scenes. And believe me, one was more than enough, even though it was off the screen. Oh, God. Yeah, she just said it. Get it hard. Ew. And okay, first of all, um, you're the woman here, and this is your husband, isn't that your job? Okay, that was that. I guess that kind that sounds kind of sexist and s slightly misogynistic, but she, she's the bride, isn't it? Her job to you know take care of business. <clears throat> I do like the scene though right before she um Peggy's mother kills Peggy's father and um cause he passes out on the couch oh god I, I can't um 
after he passed out on the couch. And she's standing over him with the the axe. And she's calling, wake up, wake up, darling, wake up. And then she does the wake up. And then when he does, she says, good, now go back to sleep. And then she starts chopping him up. That was good. I think that, um, okay. Alan, his name is. See, he still doesn't know Charles. He thinks that's Peggy. Because they, it's the because they're both Amanda Plummer. Um, yeah, and she says the same thing. I don't know. I don't like this here with Charles, you know, watching and he's like saying, you know, every penny is mine. And I believed her when she said she was a virgin. And I mean, it's, it's. It, 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 um, it, um, messes with the tone of the, of the episode, which I think is meant to be very dark. I really don't think it's supposed to be funny. See, she's talking. She gives more. Wait. Here it comes. I think that is probably one of the only times that Amanda Plummer's overacting really worked because it's uh it's pretty crazy. And now he's piecing it all together. Don't you think Peggy would be a nice thing for our little girl? Oh, please, 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 The gun is right there with the bullets. And for some reason, Peggy doesn't see it. Yeah, I think her overacting does work here. I even like the face that she makes when he says, I never loved you. 
You could tell it stung. Shoot you now, I swear to God, I'll shoot you right now. You love me too much to kill me. You want to bet? Okay, and there's the bullets all standing right there. I love this perfume, that's why I'm going to preserve it. Instead of reaching for the bullets, he kind of should have rolled out of bed. I think that would have been wiser. Jesus Christ. Sleep tight, Charles. It's a very bloody one. It's a very bloody episode. And here comes Aunt Edith. I don't understand <laughs> the why. Why? Just because they don't want to risk time spoiling their quote-unquote perfect love, so they have to chop the husband up with a big, giant axe. Okay, well that was Lover Come Hack to Me, and as always, thanks for staying with me to the bitter, bitter end. Hope you'll come back real soon now, you hear? <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Until next time, this is Brandon Ford wishing you all unpleasant dreams.